You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, guys? This is the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Joe, by my co-host tonight, Mark Schofield. Uh, we are excited as week one is here, but we are also sad as this will be Mark's last last show on the Talking the Star podcast for maybe ever, but for a while for sure. We'll see what happens. But uh, Mark's moved on to some some bigger and better things, and unfortunately, the commitment to that. They won't let them really, really bounce back and forth with us. But uh, we totally, totally get it. Bummed out, but uh, excited for Mark and um, wishing him the best in his his new his new career. I guess you can call it that now. Yeah, Connor, it's great to be here. It, it is a bittersweet show because doing this show with you has been a lot of fun. Um, and I don't think I'll be gone too long. Let's put it that way. I, I, I think uh-huh. at some point um, <laughs> you'll still be back here. So I'm excited. Um, about the future but excited to be here as well and it's been a blast buddy and you'll be seeing me sooner rather than later i bet yeah no for sure i know we're still lining out some of the details and you i think you said what you're going to announce kind of where you're going and where people can can read and see what you're doing now tomorrow but um wish you the best like you said it's been been a ton of fun and hopefully like i said here in the next month year whenever that can be you hop back on and we can Keep the keep the ball rolling. Well, I mean, I'm hoping I ball. can come back and talk about Tyron Smith coming back just in time for the playoffs. How about that? <laughs> there you go. There you go. Maybe you'll just maybe you'll just be our new talking star insider. We'll just give yeah. you a call and be like, hey, let's talk about it. So that sounds wow. good to me, man. But yeah, no, man. Um, again, it's been a blast. I know it's been a we wish we wish it could be longer, but we've been doing it, you know, around draft season. So about probably about six, seven months now together. Had a lot of fun. Um but know you're going to kill it at your next stop. So uh, again, we will um, we're going to close it out with you here. And like I said, hopefully we'll have you have you back sooner rather than later, like you said. But um, let's get let's talk about week one. You know, we got Cowboys heading to Tampa. Um, you know, they're going to play Sunday night football. It's going to be a big one. Um, and, and again, like I was looking at the week one slate, there's not a ton of like good games this Sunday. But I feel like this is one that has the potential to be. I think I saw four or five games like Thursday, Thursday night football is real good. Um, and then there was three or four games on Sunday that I was like, okay, yeah, I'd like to tune in and watch that. But this is one of them. So even if it doesn't end up well for the Cowboys, I think this is going to be a good matchup. Um, just given the the you know pros and cons of each team and you know, Chris Godwin maybe not being fully healthy, Tom Brady maybe being a little rusty, and maybe maybe that gives the Cowboys an advantage here that they may might not have had last year in week one. 
Yeah, I mean, I think interestingly, Connor, like like you said, there's a handful of games. Thursday night's game is obviously extremely interesting. You know, obviously, I'm going to have to have an eye on Miami, New England. You know, I think that's going to be fascinating. Right. Raiders, Chargers, all the AFC West games this year are going to be must-watch TV. And then, yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay, Dallas is fascinated, and partly because the NFC is pretty wide open, as we've talked about a little bit. Like, you know, these are, for better or worse, like two of the teams that people point to and say, yeah, these are going to be playoff teams. Right. Like maybe Dallas, and maybe we could talk about if the balance of power in the East has indeed shifted or just expectations have shifted. But people assume Dallas is, if not going to win the division, they're going to be in the playoffs. People assume Tampa Bay, if they don't win the division, they're at least going to be in the playoffs. And so this might be a playoff preview. You know, I always wonder with Brady, like, what's his – Stephen Ruiz released his quarterback rankings over the Renner on Tuesday. And it was really well done. You could say whatever you want about his rankings. But there was a bit of a discussion – offline about the weaknesses he listed for Tom Brady, which is really just arm strength. And I think it goes beyond that with Brady. You have to do the unexpected. Like if you look at Tom Brady's interceptions over the years, you have to do something that's unexpected, something that he's not expected. Like last year, Chauncey Gardner on one of his interceptions of him sort of peeled off in coverage in a way that you're not going to expect him to do that. I remember he threw an interception years ago on a dagger concept with a slot corner was carrying the vertical of the inside and then just peeled off of it at the last second to jump the dig. And nobody expects anybody to do that in man coverage, but that's what happened. And Brady threw the pick. You have to do the unexpected. Are the Cowboys going to do the unexpected? And might it come from Diggs, the guy that we have talked about all off season, did such a lightning rod of conversation. He's the kind of guy that does the unexpected. He's the kind of guy that takes chances. And for all the stuff that's been said about him, this might be the game where you want a guy like that to do something that Tom Brady's not expecting, to take a risk, to get a turnover, to get you a short field situation. And you combine that with a little bit of rust from Brady, that might make for a huge play or two in this game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a great way to kind of look at it. It's just you, you can't you can't line up and play base defense against Tom Brady no. and expect the, you know, because he's going to pick you apart, whether it's, you know, shuffling it down to the running back in the flat and him getting eight to nine yards every time, whether it's hit the tight end on those hook routes for six to seven yards every time. Like if you just give if you play that normal man coverage, base coverage, rush four and don't get pressure on him, he's gonna he's gonna eat you alive. So um you know and 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 again like we're gonna get into it, but Cowboys have a lot of issues on their offense line. So does Tampa Bay right now. They've had the injury bug kind of snap on them. Um this preseason, they're going to be with, I think it's two backup offensive linemen, uh, Ryan Jensen down. And then um, is it Luke Gadecki who's getting a start this week? Yeah, he's listed as their starter right now, left guard. I mean, and that's critically important. If Tampa Bay was down to their backup tackles, that's one thing. We all know the book on Brady is interior pressure. It's the book on every quarterback, but particularly with Brady. If you get quick interior pressure at his face, at his feet, it throws oh. off time and it throws off ry- rhythm. That's where he wants to be as a quarterback. You're just starting a, a center that's a backup, a left guard that's a backup. I would anticipate Dan Quinn is going to attack through the A-gaps as much as possible. I would expect a lot of mugged up looks, a lot of, you know, read rain types of blitzes where you've got your two linebackers walk down 
whichever the way the center opens, whichever way Hainsey opens, you pop out. And if he opens away from you, you blitz. I would expect a lot of that to try to get that quick interior pressure on Brady. If you can do that, you will get him off his rhythm. Combine that with some of the other stuff, doing some unexpected stuff in the secondary, you can generate some turnovers. And so, yeah, the we've talked a lot about the Cowboys' offensive line woes. This is a big problem because of not just the injuries that they have, but where they are on the offensive line. Yeah, and I mean, truthfully, you know, we – we're, we're talking about having backup center, backup left guard, but Tristan Wirfs also isn't fully healthy. I, right. I think they expect him to play, but like the news that I've kind of looked at recently is it's like, yeah, it's 50-50, but it's trending in the right direction type of deal. So, I mean, Tristan Wirfs is an incredible offensive tackle, but yeah. last last year, week one, DeMarcus Lawrence gave Tristan Wirfs – that was probably – Tristan Wirfs' worst game was week one against DeMarcus Lawrence last year. So, Tristan Wirfs also isn't – Hundred percent. You got a backup center. I might give the nod to the the Cowboys in that advantage on the offensive line. I might say that sure we don't feel great about the Cowboys' offensive line by any means, but Tampa's going through a lot of the same stuff. And when I look at it and go, we, we've killed the Cowboys this offseason. But if yeah. there's one thing that they can do well, it's have Micah Parsons blitz from different spots on that you know defense and yeah. give young and experienced, not very good offensive line fits because he can rush off the edge. He can he can mug up the A gaps. He can blitz from linebacker. And we haven't seen it yet just because he hasn't played a lot, but that's something Anthony Barr's really good at too. So I mean against week one, you expect him to maybe play the quote unquote starters a little bit more. We think Leighton Vanderesh might get more playing time than Anthony Barr to start, but it might be a situation where you can get more use out of Anthony Barr because what he can do as a blitzer, especially impacting the middle of that offensive line. Yeah, I'm curious, Connor, if we see these mugged up looks, if the response from Tampa is you're always going to slide that to Micah. Like if you've got Micah and another linebacker walk down in the A-gaps, you're going to want that center slide into Micah, which might mean he's going to drop out in coverage more, which means the other guy might be the one that comes in that scenario, I'd rather have Barr on the field because as right. we talked about, like he might have some deficiencies at this point in his career, coverage and things like that. But if you're just asking him to sort of pin his ears back and go after the quarterback, particularly through the A-gaps, that might be a scenario where he gets a decent amount of playing time. So, I mean, that's certainly one thing to keep in mind. Another thing to keep in mind, you know, they don't do good in running back pass protection. No, I mean, Leonard Fournette, say what you want about him playoff Lenny, Lombardi Lenny and all that. The One of the iffy areas with him is pass protection. And if you've got, you know, another trend we've seen when offenses are dealing with these mugged up looks is you're walking that back up into the A gap to have them protect there rather than playing it from depth. I haven't seen them do much of that. And I haven't seen them do much of that with Leonard Fournette. That could be another area where, okay, you got somebody free and now you can win against the back. That matchup does seem to be trended in, in Dallas's favor. Yeah. No, no. And I mean, again, it's just you got these young, inexperienced, you know, rookie interior offensive linemen. You mentioned it. Like maybe we see a lot of the twists and stunts and stuff from Neville Gallimore and also Diggy Zua and Micah Parsons running them from the linebacker. And I mean, that's things you can do to these younger guys to just kind of get them off track and get their, you know, they're already, they're already, you know, rookies first game there are their minds are already spinning brains are already spinning if you have them give them more things to think about and 
have to adjust to. It just, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult on them. So, I mean, again, it, it, you know, we've talked about how we didn't feel like this roster was in great shape and all that, but I do kind of like this matchup for the Cowboys just because, I mean, again, what we can get on the other side of the ball too, about how having Vita Vea, Shaquille, you know, Shaq Barrett and, Devin White, Joe Tryon, like all those guys are going against this offense line as well. Um, we'll, we'll get to that. But I, I do think with the way that Dan Quinn showed us he likes to play defense last year, that they can do some nice things against this Tampa Bay offensive line. And I, I think that that's, that's part of it is, is stopping the run and putting pressure on Brady up the middle and just staying in the backfield consistently. And I think – whether it's Anthony Barr, Michael Parsons, the interior defense lineman, and this could be a you know we haven't talked a ton about him. You know he's been good. This this could be a Sam Williams game too, where you you have him playing some of those stand up linebacker, you know looks off you know at that three technique spot, or even playing some of that stand up linebacker with. I mean again, you got Micah and Sam Williams as your stand up linebackers on third and fourteen, and they're putting pressure on that interior offensive line, that's a lot of speed, power, burst, athleticism coming at two guys who haven't seen a lot of snaps. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. I just think Dan Quinn's got creative ways to generate pressure, and I think that we could uh, we could see that bode well for the Cowboys this week. Yeah. I mean, Todd Bowles does too. I, right. I'm getting the sense, Connor, that this is a game where you might want to hammer the under. I just feel like both defenses are in pretty good shape because when you flip it – you know, we've heard from Jerry all summer long about how they want to get back to Ezekiel Elliott and get back to the running game and, you know, focus on what they do best, which is run the football in Dallas. Now you're going up against Tampa Bay, which was the third best run defense in yards per game allowed last year, 91.6 yards per game, only Tennessee and Baltimore were better. You're talking about an interior that has Vita Vea, Akeem Hicks, William Golston, JTS. Like, that's a very good defensive front. They could stop the run. We've, we've heard a lot about, you know, White and uh, Levante David, two very good linebackers, whether you rank them as, a you know, the best linebacker duo, one of the best, you know, you can quibble about that. This is a very good defensive front. Running the ball might be tough. Like, you might have to, if you're Dallas, this might be a game plan where you have to say, we have to throw it because their secondary has questions. You know, they just announced that Dean has started instead of Sean Murphy Bunton. Bunted might play on the inside. You know, Logan Ryan might play on the, the inside. Winfield is a very good safety, but Carlton Davis is one good corner. You can throw on that secondary if you have time. I don't know if you want to run the football against this run, this, this run defense, though. Yeah, they only ran it 14 times last year. And yeah, won. remember that game plan. Yeah, so they – and again, they lost 31 to 29. Probably should have won that game – you know, we're not killing them on it, but Trayvon right. Diggs did miss a pick on Tom Brady in the final two-minute drive by them. And yeah, questionable offensive pass interference. Very you know, questionable. Yeah. So like there, there, there are some things in that game that uh should have been called or did get called or missed picks, missed, you know, sacks. So it was a very good game. I think that's kind of, maybe it not be 29-31, but I think we're gonna see a game very similar to that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. close, close game. Um and again, like the, we haven't even mentioned it yet, but is Chris Godwin going to play? I think that makes a massive difference for this football team. Um, I mean, again, like we talk about, you know, some of the stuff Trayvon Diggs struggles with. Mike Evans is his cup of tea. Big oh, guy, yeah. like not super twitchy, you know, can kind of run with them, stay in his hip pocket. Phys, you know, Trayvon Diggs is really good at the catch point, so he's not going to get bullied by Mike Evans, you know, going to get the football. Um 
you know, so I think that that's a good matchup for him. It's just if you got Chris Godwin on the other side against Anthony Brown or playing out of the slot on Jordan Lewis, that's where things kind of go, ugh. I don't – Yeah. Anthony Brown's been really good, but you still don't love that matchup because of how good Chris Godwin is. And we don't know how much Julio Jones is going to do. We don't know, you know, who else is going to step up in that offense. But, you know – And I would have to think, though, even if Godwin goes, he's not going to be 100%. Right, right. And, and so he that's took a awesome knee brace stuff. off what this week, you know, yeah. so it's, it's got to still be hampering him a little bit. Yeah. And he's probably unsure, but it takes, I mean, everything I've read and been told about ACLs and the injuries like that, the mental side is what takes even right. longer because you don't trust it. You don't feel like you could snap like for a receiver snapping stuff off right. violently like he does. That would play into Dallas's fit because Godwood at 75% is still good, but it's not Chris Godwin right. at 100%, obviously. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, for me, you know, again, getting off topic a little bit here, like that's my thing about Michael Gallup is they're not positive Godwin's going to play week one, but he's been practicing for like a month now, right? Like, I mean, not full go without – he's had a knee brace. Out. He's been working out, practicing, running routes, like doing individual drills, doing some teamwork for a while now in camp, and like week one still in question. We haven't seen Michael, Michael Gallup ran, ran routes against air for the first time at like 50% a yeah. week ago. So – I can't imagine Gallup's anywhere near ready. That's what – I mean, I just – people are saying he's coming back in week two and week three, and I'm like, dude – you guys can think that, but he tore his ACL seven months ago. Yeah. He got surgery. He got surgery in February. I mean, normal ACL recovery time is like eight to nine months. Yeah. And that's with a month ramp up of practice and trusting it. And I just, I, I'm with you, man. Like, if we see Gallup before Halloween, it's a win. Yeah. I mean, that's what I say. Like, people yeah. get, people get furious on me when I'm like, he's going to still miss four to six weeks, I think like, and if they put them on the field in week three or four, it's going to be a, Hey, go stand out there and run a straight line just so we can see a couple things, you know, on the other side of the field, you know, maybe shade some coverage your way, whatever it is. But I just, man, it's, he hasn't even thought about touching the field yet. Yeah. I, there's no, I mean, there's a need to rush him back because of everything else we've talked about this entire summer. But at the same time, you don't want to rush him back because you're going to want to rely on him November, December, and hopefully deep into January. And right. if you rush him back, and he is a setback. 
well, then all the decisions that you've made that we've talked about and it beaten to death are going to really come back to haunt you. So, yeah, and I, I mean, I again got off track, but I just think it's important to know it's recovering from a torn ACL and AC, ACL surgery. It's not a sore back. It's no. not, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not an injury that you can just kind of tough it out and play through. Like that is, you have to let it heal, recover. It's, it's for the stuff we were just talking about with Godwin. Like if there's going to be a mental side too, right. where, okay, you're going to run a post corner, Michael. Okay. You've got to make three violent cuts. Most of which are going to put some stress on that knee because it's that lateral movement and change of direction stuff, which is where the ACL comes into play. And if you don't trust that mentally, it's going to take a while for you to sort of get back to where you need. You see it with quarterbacks too. Like, whether it was, you know, Wentz with his ACL, Garoppolo with his his ACL, other quarterbacks that had an ACL injury, Brady with his, you're worried in the pocket. You're not finishing through throws. You're not driving off throws or finishing through the front leg. If it was your front and your left ACL that you tore, it takes months from a mental perspective to feel comfortable in that knee again. And so for a receiver, that's half the ball game right there. And if you're rushing him back, it's like the Godwin thing. You're going to get about like 60% or 75%. And is that really going to be that much of an upgrade over the guys behind him? Maybe it is, but you might start to see some bad habits develop. There's just a lot to take into consideration when you work. It's like you said, it's not a broken finger you're coming back for. We right. can just tape it to the next one and you're good to go. It's a knee. It's change of direction stuff, which is the whole ball game for a receiver. I will say we'll get back on topic after this. I will say I do think my boy Chris Godwin's still going way too late in fantasy football drafts. So I got him in like the tenth round yesterday. So really, yeah. I my son had his last night, and it's just six teams, and I think Godwin didn't get drafted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, he. My I did my my wife drafted, and she's like, "Will you do my draft for me?" Because I don't know what I'm doing. I was like, "Sure," and it was like tenth round. I was like, "Hey, there's Chris Godwin. He's going to be the pick." So. <laughs> Yeah, he's fallen well, very far down boards. In fact, yeah. I got my home draft Saturday. We can't even get it done before the season starts. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, all right, great. Well, I guess I'm not drafting Josh Allen I mean, because he's not go. even going to be active week one for me. Um, I want to go through some of the rookies um, for each of these teams. You know, we, we've seen, obviously, we've talked a lot about Tyler Smith this offseason, but we haven't seen him a ton. You know, we played a a handful of reps at left guard in the preseason. Um, and then he injured his ankle and didn't play in that third game. So we saw pretty much two halves. So technically a full game of him at left guard, had some ups and downs. Haven't seen him at all at left tackle. Um, we've seen a lot of Sam Williams. There's been some really good snaps and there's just yeah. been some, somewhat he was at old Miss where it was like, he disappeared for a little bit, but he'd give you those six to seven snaps a game where you could just see it and go, okay, this kid's going to be good. Yeah. Um, Jalen Tolbert had a quiet, you know, so I want to go through some Cowboys rookies and then some Bucks rookies as well that you think could play a uh, pivotal role in this game. I mean, I'll start it off with Tyler Smith, you know, left tackle, getting thrown into the fire, you know, working through uh, an ankle sprain, high ankle sprain that I'm sure he's not 100%. Um, again, I know people think I'm negative, but I'm just going to say it. Shaq Barrett lines up across from Tyler Smith when he's not 100% and it's his first start at left tackle, I don't think you should expect him to go out and just dominate. Um, 
you know, he's a guy that he's going to threaten the edge with speed. He's got good inside moves. He's a good pass rusher. He's got speed. He's got power. Um, so I think that you could you could see a little bit of a bumpy ride for Tyler Smith's, you know, season debut, pro debut. Um, but it's it's going to just be about building the progressions with him and from week to week seeing him get better because if it doesn't, they do have a backup plan in Jason Peters now as he ramps up and gets ready to go. Um, so it doesn't yeah. sound like Peters is going to start week one. It sounds like he's kind of getting himself in shape and getting ready to go maybe about week two or week three. Um, but I think they're going to give him a week one, you know, one to two week window to see if he can do it. And if he can't, they're going to make a move pretty quick, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that helps Smith in this game is the fact it's in Dallas. Like yeah. if he was making that first start, you know, Tampa, louder environment, you know, hostile environment kind of situation, you know, you might be dealing with silent counts. You might be dealing with crowd noise where right. he's not going to get the advantage there. I think the fact it's a home game will help him a little bit. You know, we talked a, a little bit about, you know, when, you know, Tyron Smith went down and we talked about this matchup a couple of weeks ago. We said, look, they're going to have to give him help. You know, you might see some protections where Dalton Schultz stays in, you know, you're, Highly paid tight end, like is now going to have to be a sixth offensive lineman because of decisions you've made. And yes, we're a bit repetitive there, but we it is what it is. Right. So you're going to have to do some things offensively. You might have some more six and seven and eight man protection schemes at times because you have to help the rookie out. So you're going to rely on guys perhaps having to win some one on one matchups or winning against numbers in the secondary, which is going to be a problem. You know, so Smith's going to play a huge role. You know, uh, Tolbert because of what we just talked about with Gallup, like if you're forced to play more max protection schemes and you only got CD lamb and the other wide receiver looks like it's going to be Jalen Tolbert in routes and lamb's going to see double coverage or bracket coverages in those situations. Tolbert's going to have to win some one-on-ones. He's going to have yeah. to make some plays for this team in the passing mm-hmm. game. If they're going to have a shot on Sunday night. And so Tolbert's going to have to play a huge role as well. I'm hoping they, if they, you know, if they are playing the a lot of 12 personnel or whatever that is, if they shoot, you might see some 22 personnel, you know, yeah. whatever that is. Like, I'm hoping if they have two wide receiver sets, I'm hoping it is Jalen Tolbert, not Noah Brown. I know they've yeah. been talking Noah Brown up like he's going to be the team's second wide receiver for the first few weeks. And again, like, I'm not here to kill Noah Brown, but it's just like we're in year seven of Noah Brown. I feel like I don't care how much remaking of your body you do from right we you know year six to year seven you figure it out by year seven you don't see many dudes just you are kind of what you are at this right year seven you're not seeing dudes transform their career and turn into you know even 600 yard receivers with five touchdowns that's a that's a hell of a year for noah brown and i think that's like even out of the question so i mean i i think they're so set on you know being playing the young kids, giving their draft picks, you know, the, the nod. And I just, I feel like they need to do that at receiver, even if there are some learning, you know, there's some learning lumps in there and, you know, it might be a little bit not as good as Noah Brown from the start, just from a NFL experience and route running style. Just, I think he, he can do more than what Noah Brown can give you from that, you know, Z receiver position and Absolutely. from the slot and whatever it is. So, I mean, he's going to play a ton because he's either going to be your second or your third wide receiver. But I hope when they do have to go, you know, 12 personnel with two other wide receivers that Jalen Tolbert gets a fair share of those snaps. I mean, you mentioned 12. That tees up sort of a Jake Ferguson discussion. Yeah. Does, no, does I mean, I think, I think he's going to see the field a ton. Yeah. Which – and he – 
he played well this pre. If, if there's a rookie, if you had to point to a rookie and said that was the most impressive rookie, I mean, I think it's without a doubt Jake Ferguson. And shoot, your second one might be Peyton Hendershot, the third tight end who had right. a really good preseason. So that's that's one position group that you know we've talked a lot about and go, hey, if an injury crops up here, you know, it could be an issue. But really going into week one, just based on camp and preseason, I, I feel pretty good about the tight ends. You know, they're rookies, so. You know, two of the three of the guys are rookies, so they could get out there on Tampa Bay and look completely different than they did this preseason. But based on what we saw, I mean, I have total faith that they can go in, they can do what they need to do as blockers, they can run the right routes, catch the football, do some things after the catch, which is what this tight end room's lacked a little bit yeah. for a while. So I, I'm excited to see these tight ends actually. I am too. And we talked about Ferguson a little bit as like somebody that oddly enough seemed like he had more to offer. Right. That Wisconsin offense. It was just like, hey, man, you're going to block like you might catch the ball twice as twice a season. I mean, that's how infrequently they use their tight ends. I think he showed a little bit more and it gives you that background from a run heavy offense where, you know, if you're lining up at 12 and you're putting on the front side or an outside zone play, like he's going to be fine. All right. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, we mentioned Sam Williams name earlier. Um, I think another name that we need to mention on the Dallas side, and I'll let you talk about some of these Tampa Bay rookies a little bit, is Deron Bland. Um, Jordan Lewis, I, we, we've been talking about how, you know, these corners have stayed healthy all last year. We can't afford an injury this year. Jordan Lewis did hurt his hamstring about three weeks ago. And, I mean, he's, he's back at practice, and it looks like he's going to be ready to go. But as we know, soft tissue injuries yep. seem to crop back up if you kind of push them a little too hard. Um, when you first get back on the field. So, I mean, there's a chance. I'm, I'm hoping it's Deron Bland because he was by far the best, you know, secondary corner that we saw this preseason outside of Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis. Um, so I'm interested to see if Jordan Lewis, you know, isn't 100% or doesn't play the snap count that he normally would because of the hamstring injury, if Deron Bland slides inside and plays some of that nickel corner because Kelvin Joseph, I mean, Nation Wright cannot play nickel corner and Kelvin, Kelvin Joseph has before, but it's not something, I mean, he didn't look good as a boundary corner this preseason. So I, I feel like if they have to go to that nickel corner, you know, backup, it would be Deron Bland. And I'd, I'd be, that's another one that it's not like I'm like, Oh, he'll be totally fine, but I, I'd be excited to see him play because of how well he did this off season. Yeah, and that could be a, a huge thing for Dallas if he shows that he can handle that um, because, you know, there have been some questions about that role. And that's a critical part of defenses in today's NFL, particularly the way the sort of slot receiver position has evolved, right? Like it used to be tiny little shifty change of direction guys. Now you get some bigger guys like Chris Godwin, you know, and if you've got a slot corner that can match that physicality, that's kind of big. You know, talking about the Tampa Bay rookies, I think though we mentioned Gadecki, right? Left right. guard, rookie. Second round pick, Central Michigan, making your start, protecting an A-gap for Tom Brady. That's obviously huge. So, you know, that's certainly somebody to watch. But I think the other would be Logan Hall, you know, the guy that some people thought was going to go in the first round, slides to them at the second round. If they start doing some stuff with speed packages where they're kicking guys inside, you know, where you might see William Golson kick inside or JTS kick inside and him on the edge, that could be also something to monitor, say a potential matchup of, you know, Tyler Smith versus Logan Hall on the edge Two rookies going at it. I don't know how I feel about that matchup from a Dallas perspective. That's one that doesn't exactly give me the warm and fuzzies, given what we saw from Hall and how he played himself into one of the top edge prospects last year's draft. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, 
I kind of forgot they drafted Logan Hall, to be yeah. honest. She said that name, and I was like, did they get Houston Logan Hall? And then I pulled it up, and I was like, yeah, they did. Um, and they really liked him, too. Like, I had people tell me right before the draft, like, they might take him in the first round. Right. Well, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. I was like, well, I knew they didn't draft him in the first round, and then they slid to the second because they traded out. So, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, he, you know, kind of that tweener type of dude who's, you know, little too big to be a full-time edge and maybe a little bit too, you know, undersized to be a full-time three technique, but a perfect guy that Todd Bowles can get use out of. I mean, again, for some defense coordinator, he's probably not on their radar whatsoever because he's right. not six foot four, 330 pounds, you know, and he's, he's not the five, you know, he's not the six foot two, 255 pound edge rusher. So some guys probably had a tough time evaluating him. We've seen a lot of talk about Rashad White recently, and we talked about fantasy football a little bit. Like, he's been a guy that's been discussed as being like a, you know, a sleeper pick because not knowing what's going on with Leonard Fournette and then being involved in the passing game. Yeah. Um, do we think Rashad White's going to be that team's running back, too, to start the year? I think so. And I think, honestly, like, you know, what they do offensively is – you know, they're going to play some matchups in the running back realm. I mean, it's, it's similar to what some other teams do, you know, and I think with Fournette, some of the questions about, you know, passing game, pass protection, things like that, White's going to get an opportunity here. Now they've got, you know, Gio Bernard, Sean Vaughn, like they've got some other options, but I think White's pretty much, and from talking to beat writers and other people down in Tampa Bay, established himself as RB2 down there, who's going to see some run, but then it gets you to now you've got maybe a rookie, task with pass protection it gets into all the blitz packages and pressure looks and some pressures we've talked about already that could be another area where you know dan quinn can dial some stuff up cause some confusion get some pressure on brady and maybe you know generate a turnover or two yeah no and i mean we we know oj howard no longer in tampa bay kate otten another rookie out of washington tight end that yeah probably get some run um I don't know. The team's going to look a little bit different, too, than it has in previous years, because for a while it was Ryan Jensen in the middle starting a lot of fights. It was O.J. Yep. Howard and Cameron Braid as your two tight ends. You know, Rob Gronkowski was there. So their their tight end room looks a lot different. A lot different. Their offensive line is going to look a lot different. Their receiving, you know, outlook's going to look a lot different, especially if Chris Godwin doesn't play. Um, so it's it's not – your same old Tampa Bay Buccaneers no. that we've seen the last couple of years that you feel like are, you know, NFC, you know, NFC championship walk-ins, you know, that's right. kind of been like the thing for a while, but I don't know they're going to have some, a little, I think some more issues this year. I mean, I still think they're going to be a good team. Um, and I think for Dallas, I think you're happy you get them week one. Right. Like while they're trying to figure some stuff out and Godwin's up in the air. Like if this was like week 10 or something like that, I think it'd be a little bit different. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean, again, we didn't even mention his name, but like Rob Gronkowski not being there, even though he's a hundred years old now, like that's big. That's that true. was, that was a safety blanket for yep. Brady for the last two, even though he was older and maybe not as explosive and as talented as he was years in the past. Like that was a dude on third and eight. Yep. I was exactly what I was going to say. He was going to him almost every yep. time, you know, unless Chris Godwin was wide open or Mike Evans was, streaking down the field open with separation. And Rob Gronkowski was your third and eight tight end pretty much 90% of the time, it felt like. Um, And not – and, and again, like that's – that was a J-Ron curse matchup last year that you could put J-Ron curse on Rob Gronkowski and at least feel comfortable about that matchup. You don't have to deal with that anymore, so that opens up some more things that J-Ron curse can do with rushing the passer. 
or, you know, I mean, the matchup against Cameron Braid or Kate Otten is not going to be quite as difficult. So, um, no, I think, I mean, I think the Cowboys have some things going in their favor this year that make you feel good about it. Um, it's going to come down to how do these offensive line, whoever, whoever wins that offensive line battle, yeah. if Tampa Bay's offensive line blocks it better, they're probably going to win. If Cowboys offensive line blocks it better, they're probably going to win. I think that exactly. I mean, you can say that pretty much every week, but more importantly this week with the way these teams and defenses are set up and the way the quarterbacks, you know, when they got time and they're, they're able to maneuver the pocket without being pressured every snap, how dangerous they could be. Absolutely. hundred percent comes down to the old lines and the battle in the trenches, man. All right, let's get the let's get your score prediction and then we'll get out of here. I'm gonna go. I've talked myself into this 21-17 Dallas. Wow. Yeah. Look, don't be a homer because this is your last show. We know you're trying to make the people happy as you head out the door. No, I mean, I, I think for the things we've sort of talked about, like you're getting them early. There's questions. Like I said, if it were the left and right tackle in Tampa Bay that were out it'd be a different story. I just haven't seen Brady over the years struggle, struggle early, struggle with interior pressure. I think that's huge. So yeah, 21, 17 Dallas. What the heck? I'm going to stay 24, 20 Tampa Bay. You got it. I, I got, I got to see it, man. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's a one score game. I think yeah, that's, that's, I think it's going to be a good game, yeah. you know, not as high scoring as it was last year, back and forth type of thing. Um, I just think, I think that the team issues are pretty evenly, I mean, almost to a T. Like, yeah. both are going to probably be missing a wide receiver or have a wide receiver that's not going to be as, you know, as effective as they should be because of injury. Um, one, both of the offensive lines are banged up. I mean, I think on paper, I mean, both defense are pretty evenly matched. I think it's going to be a close game. It's just, the Cowboys have to prove to me that they're a different team again. Well, hopefully they do. <laughs> I, I do. I hope I come out next week yeah. and go, here we go. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe we can start, we'll start painting our faces and, and flying these flags a little bit higher. It's, it's the Cowboys year, but there we go. Um, no, I'm, I'm as, as negative and, you know, pessimistic as we've been this, uh, this off season about them. I think this is going to be a good test week one, just because of the, the, the issues that Bucks have, the issues the Cowboys have. I think that it'll be a, a pretty evenly fought uh, game. Good Sunday night, first Sunday night football game of the year. we got Thursday night football tomorrow. That's going to be good. So all the night games coming up, or I think are going to be good games. So that's always yep. a good thing. Um, but yeah, man, again, Signing off. Hopefully you'll be back. I'll be back before you know it, buddy. Cro- crossing, crossing my fingers. Um, you'll be back before we know it. We'll have you. We'll have you on some, even if you're not. Um, just talking more football and talking, talking some more Cowboys. We know you, you, you got, you got some more Cowboys memorabilia you got to put up behind you now. Yeah, now I got to get some Cowboy <laughs> stuff here, man. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, you were. Hey, you've, you've been around for a little bit. You did the the Dak watch stuff for us. I did the Dak um, watch, yeah, last year, and you joined the show. So yeah, you you you're, you're getting the star, you know, tattooed on you. I know so, it started. It started. You know, I got to pick a spot for it, I, man. I, the left I, shoulder or something. Hey, I've been thinking about getting mine, you know, laser removed. So I'll I'll get it. I'll get it lasered off of me and put on to you. How send that? it. Send it my way, buddy. Mark, this has been a blast. Again, we wish you the best. We hope you get joining us sooner rather than later, but um, wish you the best. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. It's been an honor, man. It's been a blast. Been a ton of fun. So everybody, in honor of Mark, make sure you 
follow the shows. Make sure you, you're liking the shows, giving us a good review. Comment on this episode and tell Mark you love him. Is, uh, maybe that'll entice him to come back even sooner. So There you um, go. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're asking you today is for you to comment on this podcast episode and say, we love you, Mark. Please come back. So uh, I'll be the first one to do it. Um, make sure you guys are following the lead. And, and again, appreciate you, Mark. Appreciate you guys. So appreciate much you, buddy. Week one's here. Thursday night football, 24 hours away. We're excited. Cowboys first game of the season, 72 to 96 hours away. We're, uh, we're excited for that one as well. So um Make sure you turn in next week to the Talk of the Star podcast. Recap week one and get ready for week two. Mark, see ya. See you, bye. Cowboys Nation, see you next week. This is Talk of the Star. to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use hubspot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's hubspot visit hubspot.com to get started today